From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome back to another installment of the Frosty Podcast. I'm Derek Frost. He's with me as always. He's Tony Perenni. Tony, we had a great week three. Yeah, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good matchups. Uh, some high scoring ones, some low scoring ones. Uh, I'm, re- I'm ready to break it down. I'm, just, I'm glad I got back in the win column this week. It was an exciting week for the Nooks and Fannies. Let's get into it then, Tony. The opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Our game of the week, we had Elliot Peshton on. We set it up. Tyler Kerr versus Dave Peshton. Dave was winless coming into this game. Ty sitting at one and one, ready to make a name. And boy, did we blow it calling this the game of the week, Tony. Yeah, this was really the prisoner inmate game of the week here. Uh, Obviously a must win for Dave and he delivered barely Uh, wouldn't have beaten anybody else during that week, uh, but managed to get by Ty on, on Ty's side. Cyberdyne systems uh, really, really struggled. Todd Gurley, only four points. Uh, Another disappointing matchup, another disappointing week for Sony Michelle, uh, really, the only person who's performing for him consistently is Amari Cooper right now. The rest of his lineup is just really letting him down. Dave gets another good outing from Christian McCaffrey, gets a pretty average outing from Ezekiel Elliott, but ended up being all he really needed. The rest of his team was performing very poorly, but on this given day, it was enough to get him the win. But, uh, you know, after after this week, Derek, if you're Dave... Uh, I know you got in the win column, but do you come out of this week feeling good about your chances moving forward? I can't imagine you do, right? Like, I mean, Dave has a win purely based on on luck of the schedule. A hundred points will not win almost any other week. Uh, you know, kind of the the barometer for how good your team is week in and week out is to try to eclipse that one twenty mark. Uh, if you can eclipse 120 in into the 120s up to 130, you're you're going to be a bubble playoff team. If you're scoring less than 110 a week, you're going to be in the toilet bowl. And if you're scoring 100 or less a week, you're probably going to be in ACT danger zone. Um, so if I'm Dave, I, I don't feel good about this. I mean, great to get the win, but... You know, th- these are those games where the quarterback throws four interceptions, but the defense comes up and you barely sneak one out and like nobody feels good that day. Like that's Dave's team right now that it's, it's just underperformance after underperformance with no real bright spot. Like, like you said, Christian McCaffrey showing up, um, Tom Brady at 20 points. And then your third highest score is Zeke at just under 16 points. I mean, that that's a tight end number. I I don't feel good if I'm Dave. 
No, I'm, I'm right there with you on this. Uh, he's been projected to hit around that 120 to 130 point mark every week, and he has failed to meet it every single one of them at this point. Um, definitely a rough place for his roster to be in right now. He hasn't gotten a good showing from Ezekiel Elliott yet, and uh, that's pretty disappointing considering that the Cowboys' early season schedule has been uh, a joke. It's been it's been Dak who's been uh, soaking up soaking up all of the all of the fantasy points for that lineup right now. Um, Dave's getting none of it on his side, so uh, definitely can't feel too good even after a win here. Uh, he's got some work to do on his roster, and, and on the other side, uh, Tyler Kerr, familiar territory for him. He seems to be in this spot every year, and uh, he, he's got he's got a hole to dig himself out of because his, his roster is really not performing consistently right now. Um, he might need to make some moves to get himself up in the standings a little bit and try to get himself out of that ACT territory. So when we look at points for total this season, Tyler Kerr is in last at 293.5. Dave is coming in second to last at 346. Now, to show you, like, the highest right now is Joe at 458. So, you know, with both these guys, and it's not like their points against are super high. I mean, they're they're in with everybody else. So it's not luck. It is true just the teams are are not performing. His, you know, you brought up with Dave, like his projections are generally decent, but his team just just underperforms. And when we look at these good teams, we're seeing that they have high predictions and their players are hitting those predict predictions and exceeding them. Um, so if you if the majority of your team is underperforming based on your predictions, you know, you, you you want to say blow the team up, but we look out in the waiver wire and like any other year, there's not a ton out there. This is why the draft is so important. And I, you know, I, I thought Dave did a good job in the draft, but you know, hindsight being 2020 barring some magical turnaround, he's going to struggle the rest of the year as is Tyler Kerr. We broke it down quite a bit at the, at the draft uh, review um, just look at Dave's roster. He uh, came up with a really, really good draft, came up with some really good players, but it was all stars and scrubs. And when you go with that method, it exposes you to a lot of risk. And he's he's getting hit with the opposite side of that risk now. Uh, obviously, Antonio Brown being the major catalyst of it. But with his two running backs, he hasn't been able to get those two uh, going off on the same day yet, which he really needs them to hit their projections or exceed it every single week with uh, the way the rest of that roster is constructed. So it'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward here. Yeah. And even, you know, looking kind of peeking ahead a little bit this week, he's projected for 118, and that's Christian McCaffrey getting 22.6, Ezekiel Elliott getting 20.5 and Tom Brady getting 16.9. Those are the top three projected scorers. And, you know, those all seem reasonable, but, I th I think he's going to be down in that. Is he going to break a hundred point again? And yeah, back to your original question. I'm not feeling good if I'm Dave. I'll tell you that for sure. 
So moving on here, Tony. We have so much parity in this league. Every team is either two and one or one and two after Coach Kalen King upsets Joe Reedy. Kalen gets 158.1 to Joe Reedy's 156.2, a real nail biter. Uh, and much like we talked about, Dave would have lost to anybody else. Joe would have beat anybody else on in this week. Uh, but he unfortunately went up against Kalen's team, who was not backing down. Yeah, this is the polar opposite of the first matchup we just talked about, where uh, two lowest scorers of the week. Uh, this one, you have the two highest scorers of the week, putting on a show, uh, putting on an absolute clinic. Um, Kalen's roster, he comes through with the victory there. He doesn't have anybody, uh, anybody outside of his defense or kicker finish lower than 15 points. That is a big-time recipe for success there. Um, when you look through the lineup, uh, Julio Jones leads them with 26.8 points. Um, just, just really a pretty typical outing for Julio Jones. He doesn't have anybody really who far exceeded their expectations, but just everybody put together good outings for him, um, and that was enough to get him the win. Joe on the other side is just – uh, really tough to come up on the losing end of a match like this, uh, especially when you get the type of game you got out of Keenan Allen, 43.6 points, 13 catches. Uh, he has been absolutely uncoverable for the first three games for the Chargers, and Joe's been reaping the rewards there. But uh, looking through the rest of his lineup, the low scorer is the star player, Le'Veon Bell, with 10 points. Um on, on the flip side, from what we talked about with Dave, uh, I think coming out of this week, if you're Joe, you still got to feel really good about where your team's headed right now because uh, you were you were putting up points in bunches every single week. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. If you're if you're Joe on the and you still don't have Tyreek Hill back, uh, you're getting all Alshon Jeffrey back this week. Uh, you're getting Golden Tate back next uh, next week or the week after the bye. You still have Deshaun Jackson on the bench. I mean, you have a lot of a lot of good players on your bench. You are very deep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, his his backup receiver Tyler Boyd puts up twelve point eight. Uh, Philip Lindsay in his flex spot puts up twenty nine. So yeah, if you're Joe, you are built to last. You are built for injuries, and you're built to win a championship. You know, Russell Wilson on. Uh, you know, even on his bench, 17.9. So a great backup quarterback there. Yeah, I just can't say enough about Joe's roster uh, top to bottom. But Kalen King, on you know, he's been showing up week in and week out as well. And, you know, his roster putting up some some consistent points. Nobody went crazy higher than their projection, but consistently above their projections. So Matt Ryan projected for 17.8 gets 22.4. Marlon Mack projected for 13.9 gets 16.8. LaShawn McCoy, 100 years old, projected for 11.8 gets 23. Everybody on his roster, uh, with the the only real exception being Travis Kelsey and uh, his kicker, outdid their projection, uh, which is, goes back to my earlier point that these good teams are are outperforming what they're expected to do. Uh, so if you're Kalen too, I think you feel good about this roster and you're getting ready for a playoff run without 
and he still doesn't have Melvin Gordon, who is projected to come back here next week. Yeah, and we have we have Kalen on here in a little bit, so we're going to talk to him about his his team and uh, Melvin Gordon's definitely a, something we're going to ask him about there, uh, how he feels getting that star player back in his running back position. But his roster has really been just fine without him up to this point. That's going to be another uh, additional shot in the arm to his lineup. Um, his 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 roster is put together very similarly to the way it was last year when he went into the championship and faced Steve. So. It's it is not far fetched at all to suggest that both these teams here are going to be in the championship picture when it's all said and done. These are two extremely strong rosters. They're both really deep, uh, have some good star power, but they're they're built to withstand some injuries too. Um, you gotta like where you're sitting if you're either of these coaches right here, Kalen and Joe. Uh, they have they have a team to be proud of moving forward. Next up here, Charlie Thurber. Beats Kevin Hulick 149.6 to 134.6. And Charlie, you know, I don't know what to make of this team, Tony. He comes out and and does great. Uh, Looking back here, week two, he scores 126. Week three, he scores 149. Really, ever since that first week where he laid the egg uh, with only scoring... 83.6. Charlie's team has really done a 180 and is now from a team that was almost destined to make the toilet bowl for an overreaction after week one has really come back to be a solid team that is going to, I think, put up good points throughout the throughout the season and may find himself in that playoff hunt. Yeah, that first week seems like a distant memory now uh, after the, the two weeks he's put together here back to back. Um, and now he's sitting atop, atop his division, uh, tied for the lead right now with a big game against Joe Reedy this this week. Um, he's definitely uh, finally got the big game from Mike Evans that you were waiting for. He's waiting for him to pop. Uh, he even benched him week two in a move that was very surprising but actually paid off for him. But puts him back in the lineup this week, and uh, boy, did Evans deliver 45 points uh, and then the rest of his lineup really showing up for him, at least hitting their projections um, or just a point or two off in some instances. But uh, when you have a guy like Mike Evans go off for what he did or a tight end put up points like Greg Olson did with 25 and a half, he seems to have found the fountain of youth as well. Um, you're going to win a lot of weeks like that. It's, it's a good effort from Kevin's team. He puts up 134 points. Uh, Mark Ingram puts up. 35 and a half points. If he gets a little more out of Josh Jacobs, this probably comes down to the wire here. But um, you know, we he had a much maligned roster after the draft, and Kevin's team has been performing here uh, in two of the first three weeks. Uh, it's kind of a coin flip to see where his roster goes from here. I'm not sure if they're going to have the consistency week in, week out, but um, definitely a good battle for week three between these guys. The next game I want to talk about, Tony, was the real nail-biter through Monday night, and that is Steve Groover's team beating Vince 115.9 to 112.1. So essentially, Vince had the Bears' defense, and through the first half, Vince actually had the win. Uh, And then Bears' defense giving up some points, not that many points, I think 14 or 15, uh, but enough that 
put the the Bears defense total down a bit, uh, down to 20 points where he needed more like 24. Uh, so definitely a nail biter. Uh, I wasn't able to stay up the whole night to watch the rest of the game. So I woke up eager in the morning to see what the score was going to be. Uh, but Groover's sneaking one out here. Yeah, this has been a common theme for Steve for the first three weeks because uh, this this exact scenario essentially happened against Kalen the first week uh, where Kalen was 0.4 points off of beating him uh, until Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown pass in the, in the waning minutes of that game. Uh, Steve is, he's 2-1, and one, but he is just a couple snaps away from uh, conceivably being 0-3 right now. Um, the ball is bouncing his way. He's definitely getting the luck but he is not. His team is not putting up the massive point totals that he was getting last year. So, um, kind of a different, different story for him this year. Different place for him to be from a roster construction and from a, a strategy standpoint on a week to week basis. He's definitely having to do some juggling with his his roster here and make some tough decisions. Uh, on the other side, uh, tough tough loss for Vince. And you just think of what the uh, the the one eighty that has occurred to Vince in the last 14 days from uh, putting up 170 plus against me in week two to this week, loses Saquon Barkley for probably eight weeks. Uh, Melvin Gordon decides today to show up for the chargers uh, pretty much making it. So Austin Eckler's last big game uh, is going to be this weekend. It's essentially losing your top two running backs uh, in one week. Uh, so from a roster looked like it was primed to be a championship contender, he's kind of finds himself at a crossroads right now, which uh, which probably led to the the trade between these two earlier today. Yeah, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. Uh, but but you know, back to your earlier point with Steve, you know, this is this has been the thing. Steve has been. I, I don't want to take away from the skill he's had in drafting and in trades over the last few years, but. Steve has gotten very lucky on the injury front, and I think he's getting very lucky with matchups this week. At 115 points scored, he would have beat Tyler, Dave, and Vince. That's it. Otherwise, he loses if he plays anybody else. He's in a division that is topped by Joe and Charlie. You know, Steve's sitting in third in the division because uh, his points for are just not high enough. We talk about Joe. There doesn't seem to be coming to an end. Uh, Charlie's team is, is you know, we'll see what comes of that, but could very easily become, you know, a, a week in and week out 130-point team, and Steve's team is not that. So Steve may find himself to be a bubble team here, uh, certainly we are not talking the dynasty discussions that we were talking in the off season. Uh, you know, Steve might be in danger of, of missing the playoffs. Now there's a lot of season left, Tony, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned for Steve. Cause I don't think, you know, there's, there's going to be enough there to say, Oh, now he's ready to be top two in the, in his, uh, division. Yeah, very middle of the road squad for him right now. So um, today's today's trade move with Vince wasn't very surprising. He, I know Steve is one of our most active owners out there, and I'm sure he's not done working uh, working the phones there to try and uh, find other ways to improve his team. So 
highly unlikely that the team he's fielding right now is going to be the team uh, that he has out there uh, come week 13. Um, but uh, it's definitely a different area for him to be in this year. He was used to just walking through this league for the last two seasons. Um, he's having to work for it a little bit this year. So uh, if, if I'm him, I, I think I'm definitely uh, very well aware that there's some work to do. And on, on Vince's side, um, if I'm in his shoes right now, I, I feel a lot worse about my chances than I did a week ago. So uh, he, he should have Saquon coming back at some point uh, this year, but it's not going to be until the playoff push at the end. So he needs to make sure he can field a roster that's going to be able to get him to the playoffs in the meantime. So he can hopefully plug Saquon back in there uh, for a championship run, but uh, he's going to have to do some tweaking there too. So both these teams kind of find themselves at a crossroads right now. In our last game of the week, Tony, the clash at Kreischer. You versus Tim, and you got the better this week, Tony. 153.5 to 145.4. Alvin Kamara having himself a day, 37.1. Cooper Cup, 33.1. Uh, just, just a great showing from your squad there, Tony. Yeah, the, the, the Tim V. Tony rivalry did not disappoint, as it normally doesn't. Um, it, was, it was a bittersweet victory for me on my side as I sat back and watched Cooper Cup tear up the Browns on, uh, on Sunday night. Um, but I guess it uh, gives you a little bit of a silver lining from, from that Sunday night game. Uh, my, my team really showed up to play this week. Uh, Kamara obviously got back to doing what he does best after that seven point week, uh, week two, where he was pretty close to being a junk bond in this league, um, came back. I, I had a hunch that Teddy Bridgewater would be good for his production. And so far through one week, that's, that's held true. Uh, Cooper cup has not missed a beat from last season when he was on my roster prior to the injury, uh, where he was a top five fantasy receiver. He has come right back, and he's immediately reinserted himself as Jared Goff's top receiver. Um, basically giving me two wide receiver ones on my roster. Uh, Odell Beckham uh, hasn't really even gotten going yet. So the Browns offense is kind of stuck in neutral. But once they uh, turn the key there and start moving, um, I, I feel really good about where my roster is. Um, on Tim's side, Big, big effort. He picks up Rex Burkhead the morning of the matchup and puts him in the lineup, and he puts up almost 19 points for him. Um, gets a, a solid outing from David Johnson, who basically hits his projection on the head. Um, gets a good week from Adam Thielen. He needs to get a little bit more from Devontae Adams, and that's really holding his roster back right now. But his, his team's performing. Darren Waller seems to be a massive find off the free agent wire. At a, at a position at tight end, which is kind of a conundrum league-wide, is he seems to have found uh, a guy who might be one of the next top stars at the position. So if I'm if I'm in Tim's spot, he's putting up points on a week-to-week basis. I gotta I gotta really like uh, where my roster is moving forward. Yeah, and Tim's team, you know, 17 moves Tim has made so far, uh, which is the highest in the league. He has third highest points against. Uh, now, in the same breath, you have second highest. Uh, Kevin is is the highest for points against. Um, the two of you, though, outscoring in points four. So Tim kind of running into a little bit of bad luck here. 
and facing some really good teams early on. So I think as as Tim starts to face some of these, uh, you know, bottom few teams, you know, he may be able to boost up there. But Tim having a pretty good show, having a pretty good showing, all things considered. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, he sits down there at one and two, and we'll see if uh, this week he can bounce back. Yeah, normally when you're uh, when you're getting points scored against you that frequently. And you yourself are putting up points that usually fixes itself as the season goes. So as long as his roster keeps putting up points, I think he's going to be in fine shape. He's a he's probably our most active owner in the league. He's constantly churning the back end of his roster, uh, turning over people, um, and he's not going to stop doing that. That's for sure. So he's constantly tweaking his roster, and he's going to find a lineup that works for him on a week to week basis. And um, that even included uh, me and him having a trade this week. Well, great segue, Tony. Let's talk about the trades this week. We had two trades this week, and we'll talk about uh, yours and Tim's first. So you traded Devin Singletary, Buffalo running back, to Tim for Terry McLaurin, a uh, wide receiver out of Washington. Tony, what prompted this trade? Uh, Tim put out in that uh, kind of kind of christened the the trade forum that we have in our discord app uh, mentioning that he was, he was looking for a running back, had some receivers that he was willing to deal. So uh, once, once our, our game of the week was, was over, uh, I, w- I wasn't going to make a trade prior to that and uh, have a chance that it might come back to bite me the way it did the week before with Vince. Um, I, I sent, I sent him a note just uh, seeing if he was interested uh, in the, the single Terry for Terry McLaurin trade, basically just young up and coming running back for young up and coming receivers. So it's more of a roster construction thing. Um, probably for both sides right now, it's doubtful that either player is going to be plugged right into the lineup, but it's um, a young player that could potentially uh, blossom into something bigger on both sides here. Uh, for Tim, he already had Frank Gore on his roster. So he gets to, pair the other Buffalo running back uh, with him there. So he has both sides of that equation. Um, And, you know, with James White in his uh, lineup and Rex Burkhead, you know, you never really know what the Patriots are doing at that position. So it's nice to kind of have another running back that you could rely on the production for a little more. And I I think Devin Singletary, once uh, once he gets past the injury bug, is going to be that guy for him. And on the, on the other side, I'm, I'm looking for some receiver depth. So Terry McLaurin has uh, really taken the league by storm at the receiver position or as much as you can when you're playing on an 0-3 football team. But he has been a, a really, really good performer down there uh, catching balls from Case Keenum. And I have to imagine that's going to continue occurring when Dwayne Haskins is finally inserted into the lineup with them being college teammates. So um, more of a depth move right now for both sides. Uh, very hard to uh, dictate a winner, but, but I'm, I'm guessing by the end of the season, we'll know who won this trade. So as we were prepping for to record this podcast, another big trade dropped. Uh, and this one, this one's massive. So Vince and Steve just played each other. Uh, and this afternoon, about 4.20 p.m., maybe our... I'm going to go ahead and say our biggest trade of the year so far. So, Steve has traded to Vince, Tariq Cohen, T.Y. Hilton, and James Conner. 
Steve will be receiving Kenny Galladay and Nick Chubb. So a lot of starters going from team to team. Um, Obviously, Vince getting three players to Steve's two. Uh, Tariq Cohen has been battling some injuries, but uh, he... He seems to be good to go. Um, so, Tony, what do you uh, what do you think here about this trade? Well, taking a step back, it's kind of funny to uh, look at the history of this trade because last year, midseason, uh, Steve dealt Chubb and Galladay to you to get Keenan Allen, and now uh, here today, he trades to get both of them back. So, uh, Steve getting the band back together. Uh, so to say, um, I, I think I think this deal works for both sides here. Um, Vince obviously getting the extra piece with Cohen, who's kind of a, a lottery ticket. If he's healthy and if the Bears' offense is rolling, he could be something. Um, but if, if they stay stuck in neutral the way they've been, uh, he may end up being a whole lot of nothing for him. But uh, Connor and Chubb, uh, those running from a running back standpoint, they're both similar talent-wise. Uh, the opportunity in Cleveland for Chubb is probably a, a little bit higher now, but as we all expect, Kareem Hunt is going to be inserted into the equation uh, come week 10, and that's going to change things a little bit there. Um, but at the receiver position, T.Y. Hilton's a little banged up, but he's been putting up monster points on a weekly basis for the Colts when he's in the lineup. So that's a real good pickup uh, for Vince there. Galladay has tons of potential uh, as always. And Steve knows that and uh, definitely made a point to go after him comes down to whether Matthew Stafford can get him the ball consistently. So um, I think there's lots of like on both sides here. Uh, Definitely some risk on both sides. Steve takes on Chubb who might be relegated to uh, more of a part-time role come playoff time. Uh, And then Vince on the other side gets uh, Connor and Hilton who are both, uh, dealing with some injuries here and there. So um, very interesting trade. Um, I kind of got word that this was going on prior to them actually pulling the trigger. And it's definitely one of the more interesting trade scenarios I've seen recently in our league. Yeah. And, and Vince has really been, um, I'm going to say bad luck and questionable decision-making. So obviously the Saquon Barkley injury is bad luck. Darius Geis, bad luck. Uh, but you take on an Austin Eckler, uh, and I joked that, you know, he lost the trade with or he won the trade with you, Eckler for Watkins. But uh, at the end of the day, I think we all expected Melvin Gordon was coming back this year. And when that happened, Austin Eckler would be would be put on the shelf. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, you lose two really good running backs and your other one. You know, we, we mentioned this is going to be his last weekend uh, and. I get getting rid of Nick Chubb because, like you said, Kareem Hunt's coming, uh, you know, in in week 10. So getting ready for that playoff push. So I get why, if you're Vince, you want to make this trade. But at the end of the day, Cohen has not been putting up a whole lot of numbers. uh, And he is the third in all this, right? So it's okay that, you know, he's not he's not a number one. Uh, Certainly James Conner is so. I don't know 
who won this trade. I think this is a fairly even trade. I think this gives an extra running back to Vince, who desperately needs some some depth in that area. But definitely uh, a big trade. Big anytime you see big names flying back and forth, uh, it's always it's always fun to watch. Uh, and actually, I didn't even realize that. Uh, until you mentioned it, the Galladay and Chubb were the ones that that Steve traded to me for Keenan Allen. So, yeah, getting the band back together—that's a that's a fun coincidence. Yeah, Cohen's Cohen's the uh, could be the X factor in all this because if you look at the Chicago offense; they haven't really got going yet. Trubisky's been struggling, and Cohen hasn't really been doing anything. He's been banged up a little bit as well, but he might be the missing piece that they really need to get the offense humming again. Uh, in week one, they tried to play him in the slot quite a bit with Anthony Miller dealing with some injuries. I don't think that's the ideal use for him. I think they're going to probably put him back in the backfield uh, as he gets healthier. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a dynamic pass catching running backs in a PPR league. He definitely has good potential on a week to week basis, but he has to get it going. So uh, a lot to like for both sides in this deal, I think. And that'll do it for the opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Tony, next up here, we're going to talk about some guys that definitely outdid their projection in the Bunty Soap Blue Chip Fantasy Stud of the Week. Tony, who's your first Blue Chip of the Week? Uh, I think you got have to start with the guy who put up 45 points this week. That's Mike Evans in Tampa. Uh, had really, really subpar uh, week one and week two. Uh, kind of left some questions as to how he was going to be used in the Bruce Arians offense. And uh, any of those doubts were put to rest quickly here in week three as he dominated all over the field uh, for the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, finally got rolling. Uh, he's as dynamic as ever, and you have to expect this is going to keep going. Um, especially with the emergence of Chris Godwin on the other side of him. I think they're going to steal from each other a little bit, but uh, anytime you have two really good receivers with size and with speed on both sides of the field like that, it creates a lot of options for your for your team. And as, as we mentioned last week, uh, there aren't a lot of balls going to the tight end position there in Tampa Bay. O.J. Howard isn't getting much, so there's a lot going to the receivers. So this could be the start of even more for Mike Evans. Uh, who do, you, who do you have as one of your blue chips? Tony, from your team, Alvin Kamara. So I was curious to see how he was going to bounce back from his seven-point showing last week against the Rams. Uh, but this week against Seattle, 37.1. He was only projected for 19.3. So anytime a guy outdoes their projection by that much, uh, it, it'll it'll raise some eyebrows there. Um, so he... he he did great. He had the most touches so far, 25 touches this week. He gets uh, 69 yards on the ground, 92 yards receiving uh, off of nine catches. So uh, definitely a great showing by Alvin Kamara on a bounce back week. Like you said, Teddy Bridgewater now under center out there. Uh, so he's going to look to outlet pass there to Kamara. Bridgewater, definitely a capable backup, uh, but going to look to use that running game a little bit more look to get the ball to Kamara get you know get the ball to your playmakers and let them do what they do Tony who else you got uh in a losing effort I'm going to go with Keenan Allen because the only reason he was a losing effort is because of the matchup because 
uh, Joe Reedy's squad uh, would have beat anybody else on this given week. Uh, Keenan Allen puts up 43 points. He has been the the top receiver in the league for the first three weeks. Uh, he has been pretty close to unguardable. They haven't even got Mike Williams going on the other side of him right now. It's it's just been Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler showing out right now. Um, and that's even going to change a little bit here in the coming weeks with Melvin Gordon being inserted. But uh, Allen has been the go-to guy for Rivers. Uh, he puts up 13 catches in this game against the Texans. He is, um, you know, week in, week out. He has been a monster, uh, none more so than this past week. And he's, he's quickly, I know I mentioned earlier that uh, Joe's best player, Le'Veon, put up the least amount of points for him. But I, I think you have to suggest that Keenan Allen's quickly becoming Joe's best player. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I got one more, Tony. My tight end position. I love him. I love him so very much. Greg Olson. Looks like he's 25 again. Puts up 25.5 points against Arizona. Coming off of a 17-point showing against Tampa. And a 7.6-point showing against the Rams. So definitely ramping up production there. He has not missed a beat since Cam Newton has been injured. Uh, You know, Kyle Allen has been finding him, and he's doing great stuff after the catch. He is the fifth-ranked tight end at this point and getting ready to go up against the Houston defense, who, you know, is, is nothing to shy away from there. They're a good team. But, yeah, Greg Olson, he has to be almost 100 uh, definitely looking 25 again, and it was exciting to watch. Biggs asked the question if Kyle Allen is actually good for that uh, Panthers offense as far as the uh, receivers go, if they're getting more catchable passes, because uh, Cam has really been uh, deteriorating uh, slowly the last couple of years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from this latest injury. Uh, but Kyle Allen, uh, in some spot starts last season and, and starts this year, has been really, really good for them. So uh, we'll see if he can keep that going. But so far, it seems to have led to more catchable balls for his receivers. And those are the blue chip fantasy studs of the week presented by Bunty Soap. On the flip side, Tony, junk bonds, those guys that underperformed sometimes drastically junk bond of the week presented by Lendl global. We're in everything. Tony, who's your first junk bond this week? I'm going to lead off with that Sunday night game. Uh, that we mentioned earlier, uh, Todd Gurley on, on the Rams puts up 4.3 points for Tyler Kerr, Cyberdyne systems. He ends up being a key reason, uh, why tie squad only puts up 70 points. Um, Gurley, his his usage has been very, very interesting to start the season. He's basically consistently getting about 15 touches a game through the first three weeks. He's had a couple really, really bad matchups. Uh, and this latest one with, with the Browns is another one. The Browns' strength of their team is the front seven, and they never really gave him a chance to get going. But the peculiar part is uh, the way Gurley's really just not being used in the passing game right now. So... I don't know if that's going to be a trend that continues for them with how dynamic he's been in the past, particularly in the passing game 
you would think they want to ramp that aspect up at some point. Uh, guess it begs to ask the question if he's right physically right now, because uh, while he looks fine when he's out there playing, you can definitely tell they have him on a pitch count and they seem to be worried about something there with him. Well, and I think this is goes back to that the knee injury, the arthritis. You know, that's a nagging injury that's not going to get better except for rest. And so, you know, you, you kind of wonder at some point, and we don't see it very often in football. We see it a lot in basketball and baseball. But taking those games off for load management, um, you know, one bye week in there isn't going to be enough for a guy whose knees are probably 40 years older than he is. Uh, so I, I kind of wonder if you're the Rams at some point, do you sit girly, you know, maybe the week before and or a week after your bye week to give him some time. The Rams are, are a, a team that have playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. And, you know, having him play in, in games against Cleveland, uh, you know, it, it may not be worth it. Now, it's easy to say after a win, you could have sat him. But that was a close win. Uh, you know, how often are you going to feel comfortable sitting him when the playoffs are at, at the end of the day are very difficult to make for the NFL? But we'll be curious to see how they manage Todd Gurley moving forward. Yeah, the load management question is interesting because unlike unlike basketball, you only have 16 games in the NFL. So it's it's odd to have to consider giving guys extra days off. But in this instance, uh, with arthritic knees, those aren't just going to get better. So it might be something that they have to consider there. Um, if you're tied think you have to wonder if this is going to be how the usage is going to be all year for him. Uh, I know he doesn't have the Rams handcuffs on his roster, so he's kind of uh, backed himself into a corner with the Todd Gurley draft pick there. So he's really got to be hoping that this usage improves and that uh, maybe the Rams are just managing his, his carries early to ramp him up late, but I don't know if you can feel great that that's what the what the thought process is there. Uh, who do you have as a junk bond for this week? One of the guys we talked about in this trade, and that is Kenny Galladay from Vince's team. Projected 14.6, only scores 3.7. And this is the problem of being a victim to the Lions offense. So Galladay was targeted eight times, only able to bring in two of those for 17 points. Now, the Lions did end up winning, but that offense just wasn't really going well. And when you have Matthew Stafford throwing you the ball, uh, you, you're going you're gonna to live and die as, as Matthew Stafford does. So Kenny Galladay coming off of a 25.7 point victory, or I'm sorry, point showing against the Chargers comes out at 3.7 against Philly. Now, I think he's going to bounce back. This week, they're going up against Kansas City. And it's going to be a shootout, right? They're going to be throwing the ball all over the place uh, out of necessity. So I think Kenny Galladay is going to bounce back. But a 3.7 point showing is not what you want to see. The bright spot being that they still kept throwing to him even when it wasn't really clicking. So Galladay is the guy in Detroit, which is good. But, uh, you know, 3.7 out of your wide receiver one is going to be is going to be bad more often than not. Uh, Tony, who else you got? I'm going to go with Devonte Adams on Tim's team. I know we touched on him a little bit earlier uh, that he didn't really put up plus points for him. Puts up 9.6. So as far as this list goes, he's one of the higher scoring guys of, of our junk bonds. But uh, 
more on there just because of the way he's just failing to meet expectations through the first three weeks. Uh, he was absolutely Aaron Rodgers' top target last year, uh, one that, that Rodgers was going to over and over and over again in games. And that hasn't been the same case through far, so far through the first three weeks. Um, a lot of that probably has to do with schedule. The Packers have played some really tough defenses to start the season with the Bears, Vikings, and Broncos. Um, that schedule is going to improve a little bit here down the stretch. And, uh, you know, as, as I talk about Devontae Adams here, I've already seen him make a couple big catches in this Thursday night game that's going on right now. So maybe that worm's turning right now. Um, you know, the, the Eagles pass defense has been the remedy for a lot of teams on that aspect. Uh, but Tim really needs him to get going. He spent $63 on him in the draft. Uh, he's one of his top guys. He needs him to play like a star. Yeah, and definitely he has he has not been doing that. Tony, I got another one. We got a, we got a lot of junk bonds this week. Josh Jacobs from Kevin's team. Do you know how many passes Josh Jacobs has caught this year, Tony? I do not, Derek. One. One pass in week one. That is the only reception he has this year. In a PPR league, that will not do. He touched the ball 10 times for 44 yards against uh, the Minnesota defense, 12 times for 99 against Kansas City, 23 times for 85 yards against Denver in that week one showing where he had two touchdowns. This is not a good trend for Josh Jacobs. They don't use him in the passing game. And even in the running game, he's not getting a whole lot. So if you're Kevin, you got to be real concerned about what they're doing with with Josh Jacobs. Now, there's rumors they're going to use him a little bit more in the passing game going up against this banged up Indianapolis defense. But I'll believe it when I see it. And at this point, I haven't seen it. So I'm going to call it a junk bond for this week. And... I'm going to hedge my bets and probably call him a junk bond for next week, too. Um, Josh Jacobs just not not performing for Kevin. Okay. It's a really odd trend, right? Because the Raiders are playing from behind in most of these games. Uh, should be in a position where they're throwing the ball a lot. Uh, and he, he's not getting any catches. It's, it's odd. It's very odd. I, I know if you look back to last season, uh, odd was definitely the term that I would use for a lot of of the ways John Gruden uses players, specifically Amari Cooper, uh, who he just couldn't quite figure out how to use, and he ships him off to Dallas, and he ends up being a legitimate number one receiver there. Uh, he seems to be doing the same thing with Josh Jacobs here. It's, it's just puzzling. Uh, you have a talent like that that you wouldn't try to get him the ball every every which way that you can. Um, very, very, very peculiar in this instance. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be on this list uh, more in the coming weeks. Uh, okay, Derek, I got, I got one more junk bond I need to throw in. This one isn't player specific, and we're probably going to beat this dead horse during during this episode. Uh, but that game between Tyler Kerr and Dave Pestian, that was a junk bond in itself. Uh, <laughs> 170 points total put together. Uh, we don't yet have the intern to do the research that we need, but I'm willing to bet that that's probably one of the lowest scoring games we've had in our league history. Uh, have to think, uh, you know, it's early, it's early in the season, but you have to think this might be a toilet bowl preview. What do you think? 
it seems to be looking that way. Uh, and I don't see a bright spot really on, on either team. Um, I, I vaguely remember a double digit versus double digit last year. Uh, but I, you know, you could have had a 90 and 89 and it would have outscored this game. So uh, th- this, I would say top three for sure. I'm, I'm comfortable saying top three lowest scoring games we've ever had, but just tough to watch and does not bode well. I'm with you. I think toilet bowl preview for sure. Cause oh, that part of that is that we, uh, when we, when we had our off season discussions, those were two of the people that were named as the people that would struggle the most hung over the next morning, taking the ACT. And they're the people in the driver's seat right now. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'm almost more excited though with, with this new ACT to have one of those guys in there because we're going to get to see it uh, rather than speculate what would happen in the classroom. So we get to watch them hung over taking this test uh, while having fun at their expense. So yeah. Uh, Ty, Dave, sharpen your pencils friends. Cause it's not looking good for you. And that is our Lendl global junk bond of the week. Lendl global. We're in everything tony we thought we had a lot of injuries last week (laughs) oh oh no my friend this week the medical minute presented by sacred heart hospital wellness through diversity we're gonna fly through these because there's a lot from joe reedy's team tyreek hill still out with the shoulder injury golden tate still out with suspension this is the final game of the suspension so we'll be getting him back and delaney walker questionable with a knee injury he missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday, so we'll be looking to see what he does Friday if he'll, and if he'll be ready to go. Lastly, Deshaun Jackson is out with the abdomen slash groin injury and is expected to miss a couple of weeks with that. Tony, from your team, Mike Williams, questionable with a back injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, and I would monitor that situation leading up to game time. And then your new guy, Terry McLaurin, questionable with a hamstring but is probably going to play from kevin hulick's team josh jacobs questionable with the groin injury we talked about him a little bit ago is expected to play barring any major setbacks uh chris godwin is questionable with a hip uh, but is expected to miss and drew Brees out with the thumb injury for six to eight weeks tim's team aj green out with that ankle injury is still Rex Burkhead, questionable with a foot, but is expected to play. And his new guy, Devin Singletary, questionable with a hamstring injury. And and watch this one because he's still up in the air. From Groover's team, T.Y. Hilton, questionable with quadriceps injury. Uh, He may be a game-time decision. If he plays, he may be limited. And this is the interesting one here. Cam Newton is out with a foot injury. Now, newest news from from the Cam front is that we thought this was maybe a sprain. The newest thing is that this may be a possible Liz Frank injury. Uh, Now, for those of you who are not familiar with this injury, it's a pretty rare one. Uh, So if we think back to our anatomy and physiology classes, uh, when we think about the foot, we have the, the heel and the base of the foot where all of our little bones are together. And then we start to see the bones that will eventually become the toes start spreading out. What this is, is essentially there's a ligament between the bone that ends up being the leading towards your big toe 
and then the third toe, there's ligaments that attach that to the second toe. This Liz Frank injury is a injury to either the ligament or bone around the ligament. And that will be a very important determination. If it's the ligament that will require surgery, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. If it's the bone, it may still require surgery. He may still be out for the rest of the season, but may have a chance to come back at the end. So if it's the Liz Frank injury, expect Cam to be out for probably the rest of the year and require surgery. If it's not, then it may still be a sprain and we'll see what happens. So pay attention there, Steve, to the Cam Newton front. This may be the end of Cam for this year. Um, otherwise, Mark Andrews, questionable with the foot injury. He's missed back-to-back practices, so monitor that. And lastly, from Steve Seamer, Shad Penny, questionable with a hamstring. Monitor, but has missed practices this week. Vince Gorgonzola getting some bad news and good news from on the Saquon Barkley front. He is definitely out this week with an ankle injury. They're calling it a high ankle sprain that will not require surgery. So he's expected to be out for at least a month up to six, maybe eight weeks. Also from Vince's team, Darius Geis on injured reserve. Uh, lastly, from his team, Emmanuel Sanders, questionable with a quad injury, but is expected to play. From Kalen's King, from Kalen King's team, Damian Williams, questionable with a knee and is expected to miss. Melvin Gordon, out with a contract dispute, but Tony, he's back. Uh, will not play this week, but is expected to be back next week. Uh, that's going to be big for Kalen's team. Yeah, it really is. And he's been looking forward to getting him back. Melvin Gordon's a massive talent. Um, it, very interested to see how the usage is going to be for him, especially early on, and especially given uh, with the way Austin Eckler was playing. Um, I don't know if you just straight up take Eckler off the field now. It wouldn't be surprising to me if if Gordon and Eckler end up in a bit of a 50-50 timeshare for this season, uh, especially if the Chargers have kind of already made up in their mind that they're probably not bringing Gordon back next year. Um, but on the flip side, uh, you know, those goal line carries are probably going to Melvin Gordon. So on the touchdown side, uh, Kalen should be just fine there. So uh, you could tell uh, Gordon was starting to feel the pressure a little bit with how Eckler was playing and knew he had to get in there because he's losing money every single week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also from Kalen's team, LaShawn McCoy, questionable with the ankle. He played last week. He's expected to play this week. Julian Edelman, questionable with the rib injury, but is expected to play. From Tyler Kerr's team, Kareem Hunt, as we talked about, still out with the suspension and should be ready to return week 10 after the suspension and sports hernia surgery. Vance McDonald, questionable with the back injury, is expected to play, but might be limited when he does. Royce Freeman, questionable with the shoulder injury, is expected to play. Amari Cooper, questionable with an ankle injury and is expected to play. Calvin Ridley, questionable with a hip injury, is expected to play. So a lot of injuries on Ty's team, but most guys look like they're going to be in. From Charlie Thurber's team, Tevin Coleman, out with an ankle injury. They're on a bye week this week, so hopefully when he comes back, he'll be ready. Uh, Charlie Thurber also is losing Greg Olson, questionable with a back injury, but is expected to play. And Justin Jackson, questionable with a calf injury, and he should monitor this situation to see if he's going to be ready to go. A lot of injuries, Tony. Uh, I think it's going to keep getting worse. 
Uh, we talked about that injuries weren't that big coming into the season, but we're getting ready to hit that mid-season form. Yep, no season is ever immune from them. Uh, obviously, the big ones to discuss here are, are Saquon and Cam Newton. Uh, on a Saquon front, high ankle sprain, um, they gave the timetable of eight weeks. Uh, this is normally about a four to six week injury, but especially when you're cutting and planting uh, off that ankle, uh, this could be a little longer for him. And unfortunately, this this tends to be a tends to be an injury that lingers a little bit, even when you do come back. Uh, safe to wonder if Saquon's going to be the same back when he comes back, or if he's going to end up coming back for a game and, and end up right back on the shelf, especially given where the giants will be from the, uh, as far as the place in the standings goes, if, if the season's lost on their end, um, wouldn't you think you might just shut them down for the year and bring them back next year when a year where you're going to have uh, expectations? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, this is, this is really a rebuilding year uh, for the, for the giants anyway. So I think, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. And on, on the cam front, uh, Liz Frank injury, as you mentioned, very rare injury uh, for football players. Uh, it's a injury that happens fairly consistently in the NBA, especially with the seven footers. Um, and it's, it's a troublesome injury that uh, if they don't get it, uh, get surgery on it and get it corrected, um, will linger quite a bit. Uh, it will be interesting to see if he needs surgery there, but I gotta, I gotta think that Steve is probably close to just dropping him anyway. Even when he was in, he wasn't very effective. This, this is not the Cam Newton of old right now. I think there's enough good quarterbacks out there. Uh, I'd probably just drop him if I'm Steve. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think it's worth playing around with this. And if he comes back this year, it's not going to be. Uh, he's not going to be the cam of old. He wasn't before it. And it's not like this is a lingering injury that just got worse. I mean, this is, this is a new thing. So to think cam's going to come back and better than ever, uh, it, it ain't happening. Uh, you know, Kyle Allen showing that, that the, the Panthers going to be just fine without him. So yeah, if I'm Steve, see ya. And that is the medical minute presented by sacred heart hospital wellness through diversity. Tony. The waiver wire is always an interesting place. A lot of guys who had big weeks the week before, can they repeat uh, with injuries coming in? You got to pick up guys. So let's go on to the pink sheets presented by Stratton Oakmont. Stability, integrity, pride. Stratton Oakmont. Tony, who's your waiver wire pickup this week? Well, not a lot of interesting names out there still at this point, but one name that was dropped, and we've talked about him a ton, Antonio Brown has hit the waiver wire. Uh, you think anybody takes a shot on him, given all the antics, uh, all the drama, and all the issues that are surrounding him? Uh, do you think anybody stashes him on the roster? Not, I don't think at this point. Basically, what what we're hearing is that the only reason he's not on the exempt list is because he doesn't have a team. So even if Antonio Brown signs with somebody and here's the thing. So Antonio Brown said, Hey, I'm re I'm retired, you know, screw this. I'm done. 
uh, Drew Rosenhaus came out and was like, hey, you know, he's not really retired. We have some teams who are interested. We're talking with them. I, I don't I don't think he's lying there. I have to imagine some teams are at least at some level of interest. Antonio Brown's too big of a talent to let sit at home and not not really do anything with. Uh, but all this off the field stuff is going to at some point come come up if he gets signed. But if you're a team like Joe Reedy and you have a, a deep roster and at the very bottom you have a couple guys that are never going to see the field, do you take a flyer on him on the off chance that as we approach playoff time, He's back with a team. He's back from an exempt list or has served a suspension or something. And you can use him as as trade bait. Doesn't hurt to, right? Um, you're probably not going to use the back end of your roster anyway. Uh, the, the chances of Antonio Brown playing the season are extremely slim. Uh, but if, if somehow he does sign with a team, and doesn't end up on the exempt list for the rest of the season, uh, he's going to be a fantasy asset for somebody. So um, that's an interesting point you bring up. Uh, somebody who has a deep roster who might be able to stash him like that um, could definitely see him being used that way. Um, it, I'm, I'm going to be honest, though. It's going to be really nice enough to talk about Antonio Brown for a little bit on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not going to miss it. Uh, and here's the thing. <laughs> Dave drafted him for 36 so it's not like you're going to be able to, you know, keep him. I don't think he's going to be worth 41 in whatever shape he comes back next year. So I don't know. It, honestly, I probably stay away from him, especially how my teams historically were. And I was battling for playoff spots. I need every roster spot I can get. I'm not going to waste it on somebody like Antonio Brown. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to be very curious to, though to see if somebody does pick him up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, who do you have as your waiver wire pickup of the week? Two weeks in a row, Tony. Demarcus Robinson. So he scores 35.2 two weeks ago, follows that up with a 13.3 point performance last week, and then he got dropped. So he's projected for 11.4 going up against Detroit. You know, a lot of these guys are getting a lot of injuries and Demarcus Robinson just sitting there. So I would, uh, that would be my guy. He, uh, played against Detroit's 22nd ranked defense for wide receivers. I might grab him. I wouldn't blame you. He's, he's, he is the number two receiver for Kansas City right now. He is on the field for almost every snap with Tyreek Hill still being out. Obviously, it's not going to continue to occur for, uh, you know, for long term with Hill coming back. But uh, as he's sitting out there, that's a potential for big points. Uh, everybody in Kansas City's offense puts up points on a weekly basis, even if it's just meeting their projection. It's a big reason why I was enticed by the uh, chance to go get Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, everybody gets a piece of the meal when you're on the field for Kansas City. So um, I'm kind of shocked that he's still sitting out there. Um, we'll see if our podcast has the effect uh, that somebody runs out there and grabs him as soon as they hear this. <laughs> Gotta love that, that frosty effect. 
Next up, we have our guest coach on the Frosty Hotline, presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop, maker of fine wands since 382 BC. Coach of prestige worldwide. He is two and one and second in the warehouse division. Welcome back to the podcast, Coach Kalen King. Coach, how you feeling? What up, though? How are we doing, guys? We are good here at the Frosty Podcast. We have uh, we have been having a great podcast talking about your taking down the undefeated Joe Reedy. That had to feel good. I mean, there are David versus Goliath stories, and there are Kalen versus the world stories. And we're riding high. We're proving Tony wrong every single week. And we're going to keep grinding until we get straight to the chip. Redemption stories. So, Kalen, you, br- you, uh, you bring up using uh, me picking against you as some fuel there. Um, what role are, are people that are picking against you playing here? Uh, is, it, is it helping you on a week-to-week basis? We don't need outside help. Um, but you're definitely on the chalkboard. Uh, each week you talk, we, we hear it in passing through the grapevine and, uh, we like to prove you wrong and we just go out and do what we do. And at prestige worldwide, wide, 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 we win, we grind and we win. When are you going to recognize that Tony? That's what I really need to know. Well, it's probably not going to be this week either, Cam. We're playing each other, so um, I'm definitely not picking you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, don't let Marlon Mack find the end zone two or three times. Then we're going to have a different conversation. And I will personally make myself the guest for next week so I can come back and talk about it. <laughs> what's what's the, uh, the hater hotline? Do you guys have the number for that? Because I need it. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the same place all our ad dollars are at. <laughs> oh, is that the uh, Swiss escrow account? Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't talk about that now. <laughs> oh, uh, no, we're it's fine. Uh, Donnie's president. We like we we can sneak it around. <laughs> and if he's listening, so you talk about Marlon Mack is a. Uh... Is, is he still going to be in your lineup once you get Melvin Gordon back? What's the game plan for you running back? Uh, the game plan is to win. And by that, I mean whoever's got the hot hand, we are running and running and running. And we're, we're basically just riding the hot hand. We're going to have the best backs in the league, bar none, Uh for the last three weeks, I've been operating from a place of weakness. As soon as Melvin Gordon's activated and back to RB1 to status, I mean, it's good luck with whoever's got Austin Eckler. I don't even care anymore. They can send me those trades, and I'll laugh at them. But Marlon Mack, Damian Williams, even LaShawn McCoy, Melvin, like, that's two solid running backs and potentially a flex on the, depending on the week. So I'm feeling pretty confident starting next week. Uh, once Melvin comes back, we'll see how he, how they, uh, how the chargers bring him back into the lineup. And from there we'll 
push forward, but I have high hopes for the team and looking forward, we've got Melvin at a great price. So it's even better looking for years down the road. Yeah. Caitlin, I'm curious if you are expecting it to take a few weeks for Melvin Gordon to really make his mark, or if you think he's going to come in and really kind of get back to midseason form. You know, I've really tried to focus on the, the guys that we've had with the team, but I've, I've kept a close eye on Melvin via Instagram, and it seems like he's been working out. So I'm hoping for an instant impact. Uh, the Adam Schefter called me this morning, said he missed his teammates. Uh, with that, he also missed how he looked in the ESPN Sports Center highlights and being talked about on first take. Uh, so we're looking for him to make some noise when he comes back. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, 180 yards rushing will go 67 yards receiving and 14 touchdowns on the day. Oh man, just, just tell the rest of the Chargers to sit down. Melvin Gordon's got this. All in a shot. <laughs> hey, it's contract year and he is trying to get paid. Uh, I think that brings up an interesting point in that, you know, what does this do for Melvin Gordon? At the end of the day, he's lost a lot of money sitting out and we'll see how many, how much of the fines they, they tack on for him. But did Melvin Gordon hurt or help his contract status for next year? Honestly, I, I don't, unless you get hurt, I don't see you truly hurting your stock. Um, if you look at Le'Veon, he sat out the entire year and everyone criticized him and it looked like he lost out on X amount of money, but then his contract with the Jets kind of proved that his stock wasn't really hurt. And in fact, there, as long as you can find one team that believes in you, you're golden. And I think that's still going to apply with Melvin uh, even more so just because he hasn't missed half the season like it was originally pegged. He's not showing up in week 10 or week 12. He's coming back, uh, hopefully active for week four. And he'll have, what, uh, five weeks to get ready. I think there's a bye for the Chargers in week 10. Uh, so he's got a few weeks to get back in shape, get ready, get his work workhorse status back. And then you go into the bye, get some rest, and then you hit the ground running and you make your push for the playoffs and beyond. And I think with this being a contract year and just the playoff aspirations for the Chargers themselves, I see Melvin coming back, running with a purpose, running pissed off, and I see him truly proving his worth to either the Chargers or any other team in the league because there are certainly a lot of teams out there that could use a back like him. So on that note, Kalen, uh, I know you already mentioned you were you were looking forward to uh... – keeping him for next year um you know definitely early on a lot of things can happen but as it stands right now you have a good value on him uh, is there any team in the back of your mind that you're really hoping he goes to next year that would really maximize his value yeah um like immediately like you hear the rumors about or you heard the rumors about a potential trade with houston um they have a lot of cap space and i agree i think that'd be a great spot uh, the possibilities for uh, the run pass option or screen passes and just flat out running the ball in Houston uh, are endless. Uh, they still need some work on the line, but 
I think they've also lacked a talented back that has the field vision that a uh, back like Melvin Gordon has. Uh, it's not to disrespect anybody that's been running in Houston, but I think the improve like the the talents that Melvin Gordon brings to that team or would bring to that team would really allow them to maximize their potential and especially open things up for Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, who it really seems like they're like that team goes as they go. Um, beyond that, I could see someone like the Packers, like a, a pipe dream would be the Packers. Uh, everyone like last year, everyone talked about Le- Le'Veon going to green Bay and I could see it, but they also have Aaron Jones already. Who's already pretty effective. And I don't know if they would actually commit to a workhorse back or if they would continue their running back by committee philosophy. Um, if that were the case, that would definitely preserve Melvin a little bit longer. Um, but I could Melvin Gordon catching screen passes from in an Aaron, Aaron Rodgers offense with Devonte Adams. Sign me up. Um, any other teams? I mean, Philly had always used a featured back. They, they look like they've they're trying to invest in Miles Sanders, but who knows how the rest of the season plays out? If they like him or if they don't, that could potentially be a spot. Um, and then you have your lesser known teams, like someone like uh, Indianapolis. I think they have quite a bit of cap space, but uh, even an improvement from Mac, like Marlon Mack, is pretty solid uh, touchdown machine. But if you add in Melvin Gordon with Joe, uh, Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton. That's a nice little combo right there for your offense. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams out there that that can be a great spot for Melvin Gordon and where Melvin Gordon can really flourish. I just It's definitely not the Chargers anymore. I think there's way too much bad blood there. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see what happens the rest of this year if that the bad blood causes issues on the field or issues with playing time or, you know, what the chargers try to do, if they're going to try to deal them or if, uh, if they hang on to them for the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not a Jacksonville Jalen Ramsey situation and I'm pretty happy with that. Okay. And that's some good stuff. You, uh, you interested in sticking around and being our, our guest picker for the forecast here? Did I just go from coach to celebrity? I'll take it. Just like that. That's that's the frosty impact there. Well, that is, uh, Kalen, thank you for joining us on the Frosty Hotline presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop, makers of fine wands since 382 B.C. Stay tuned for the forecast right after word from our sponsors. Guys, I have a message for all our singer listeners out there. I know we have a couple of bachelors in the league with us here. Uh, we've all been there, right? Out and about on the weekends, trying to catch the eye of that gorgeous girl across the room. Nerves are working, so you might need that extra boost to give you the confidence to make that first move. So let that boost be Sex Panther by Odeon. This special cologne is the ultimate tool to help you win in a game of love. The effects of this scent are so tantalizing that it's literally illegal in nine countries. What's their secret, you ask? Well, it's made with bits of real panther, so you know that it's good. So next time you're heading out on the town and looking to score, 
Don't you dare head in there alone. Go armed with Sex Panther by Odeon. Works 60% of the time, every time. Welcome back. We are going to be talking about the games this week in the forecast. Presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Let's get into our first game here. The Steve Groover EBDB B&B going up against Tim Taft's The Green Dragon. Now, we are picking this game in the middle of the Thursday night game. So these projected totals are with the Thursday night projections as the game's going on. But Tim Taft's team projected to win 136.1. To 125.5 over Groover. Kalen, how do you see this game going down? Uh, real quick question. Not that I don't know the league rules, but is the trade going through? So the trade should go through for Sunday. So we have uh, 20, is it 24-hour that it can be yes. over? It can be yep. voted on. So. Yeah, it, it should be in place. It will be in place, barring it being rejected by Sunday. Okay, so that improves Steve's team, but it's still hashtag fuck Steve. So let's go, Tim. The Green Dragon takes it. Landslide victory. You heard it here first. Welcome to 500, Steve. <laughs> so, Kalen, I'm going to join you here, and I'm going to pick Tim. So we've we've kind of crapped on uh, Devontae Adams, but uh, like I said, we're about six minutes left in the half. Devontae Adams already with 21.7 points. Sweet uh, Jesus. Which is definitely helping Tim's projection here. Uh, I, I do think that Tim takes this one. Uh, we'll see how the new guys do for Steve. But at the end of the day, you know, T.Y. Hilton is on his bench. James Conner projected 16.7. Chubb was around there. So I think Tim takes this one. I'm with you. Tony. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I usually like to play devil's advocate here, uh, not make it a clean sweep. But given the fact that Devontae Adams is currently on pace for about 42 points in this game, um, I'm going to go with Tim, too. I think this is a hell of a head start for him. You've seen before guys put up monster Thursday night games, and it just ends up being a huge catalyst for them into the weekend and leads to a pretty big game. Uh, Tim's team has been scoring, uh, just kind of have had some bad luck. Uh, Steve's team on the other side has not been scoring. It has been the beneficiary of some good luck. I think that table turns this week. I'm going to give Tim the nod as well. If I may, may I just say, Tim, if you're listening, call me. We can work out a trade. Devontae Adams, like, he's not going to do this every week unless he's with Prestige Worldwide. Well, you know, Tim is an avid listener of the show, so he will hear that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. He might give you that call. Next game up here is Joe Reedy's two and one footloose prosthetics going up against Charlie Thurber's two and one capital expenditures. This is number one versus number two in the sales division. 
Uh, Joe projected for 125.8 over Charlie's 118.1. Kalen, who takes this one? Now, this was my debate of the week. Uh, I have a nice allegiance to Keenan Allen, but Daniel Jones was begrudgingly, I have to admit, very impressive. Um, Coach Thurber's got a hell of a team with Fournette, who's looking to get fed. Uh, Maybe this is the week. And he's also got Mike Evans, who finally went off last week. Uh, With that in mind, I'm going with the upset. Coach Thurber, given Coach Reedy his second straight loss. First one being from me, but we're not getting into semantics. Um, (laughs) Going Coach Thurber. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick here. I think ultimately Mike Evans, there's no way he he has a repeat performance. And the rest of his team, I don't see anybody on there that's going to, I think, going to light it up. Keenan Allen, uh, you know, he's not going to put up 45, but I think he has a good showing again. Russell Wilson going up against Arizona, I think does a nice job. Uh, so I'm going with on oh, Rams defense against Tampa. Yeah, I'm going with Joe in this one. I think it's going to be close, but I think Joe, you know, coming off that loss last week, uh, of course, the prestige worldwide, we got to give you the credit. Uh, but Joe coming off that loss, I think he bounces back with a victory. Tony, where you at? Uh, yeah, just just too many favorable matchups for Joe here. Uh, Russell Wilson's facing Arizona. Uh, Keenan Allen's facing Miami, who is just they're just giving away yards and points at this point. Uh, Delaney Walker and Derrick Henry both playing the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who uh, really don't play defense at all. Um, I, I'm expecting Joe's team to continue putting up points this week. Um, and on the flip side, yeah, you're capital expenditures charlie's really uh, putting some hopes into daniel jones here that he's gonna have back-to-back weeks of great games to start his career uh, washington not a great pass defense so it's conceivable uh, uh i guess i'm not gonna put the same faith in him as i would in russell wilson there i think joe gets back in the win column he's gonna be motivated after that loss uh to prestige worldwide i think he gets back into the win column this week our next game here, uh, a battle of one and twos. So Tyler Kerr's one and two Cyberdyne Systems going up against Kevin Hulick's one and two Law Offices of Saul Goodman. Kevin expected to take this one 117.6 to 107.6, so only a 10-point spread. Kalen, how do you see this one going? I will be surprised if... Cyberdyne Systems even shows up. I'm going the law offices of Saul Goodman in a landslide 75 point victory. (laughs) That is steep, but you might not be wrong. Uh, So like I said, we're, we're mid game here and Aaron Rodgers through almost the whole first half, only putting up 7.1 points uh, against that Philly defense. So, uh, I'm with you here. Todd Gurley, I, after last week's performance, we'll see if he can bounce back. Amari Cooper's the bright spot there, but that's really about it for Ty's team. Kevin's team doesn't jump out at you, but at any point, DeAndre Hopkins has just a monster game. Josh Jacobs, I don't feel good about. 
but Evan Ingram might do. I'm going Kevin here. Uh, certainly not a 75-point victory. Uh, I think that 10-point spread may be about right. Don't forget about Mark Ingram here. Like Mark Ingram has been a great running back this so far this year. Uh, and Kevin, uh, when it comes to Mark Ingram, call me. <laughs> Kalen, Kalen, we have a time wisely on the Frosty Podcast. Kalen, we have a Discord forum for this. Yeah, but why? Why would I do that when I've got the, the ears of the world right here? True, true story. Our podcast does have a bigger impact. I'm with you there. Hey, when Coach <laughs> King's on, we do numbers, baby. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kevin here, too. I'm going to have to go with the sweep. Uh, Tyler's team is just really reeling right now. He's not getting helped out by Aaron Rodgers in this game right now. Um, just too much firepower on Kevin's team. He's putting up good points on a week weekly basis. Evan Ingram is really starting to blossom as a top tight end in the league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins going up against the Carolina secondary that gives up some yards. DJ Moore on the other side of that game going up against Houston secondary doesn't cover people very well either. And then he went and picked up Phillip Rivers playing Miami this week. Uh, I'm, I agree with Kayla, and I think, I think Kevin wins comfortably this week. Also, something I want to bring up real quick, um, as, I, as I sit here and look at the uh, box score of this game, um, I want to call attention to uh, Tyler's uh, team logo. Um, it's spectacular, and everybody should go look at it. But it probably needs to be on the PC to get the full effect. Um, it's it's ba- it's basically like a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really catching, and it's really hard to do. Look at anything with his team because you just have the flashing. But I mean, great job, Ty. I mean, you you nailed it. Like of all the of all the logos, yours takes it. Uh, but yeah, it is. It makes it difficult to do this part of it uh, with that. Just yeah, that seizure-inducing logo. I keep trying to break down his roster, and I just, my eyes just keep floating back up to the top. It's <laughs> this is great. I can't even advertise or solicit a trade from Ty because I can't look at his team logo. So, Ty, <laughs> don't call me. Too bright. <laughs> Well, good news there. I don't think Ty listens to the podcast. I think he's one of the few. Uh, if I'm wrong, Ty, let me know. But uh, I think I'm right. Uh, get out. Right? GTFO, bro. You might not want to listen to this episode. <laughs> if, I'm Ty, if I'm Ty, I haven't want to listen to any of the episodes. <laughs> hey, man. I will trade Todd Gurley for Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, straight up right now, Ty. Holler at me. You have 30 minutes after the publication of this podcast to make that trade happen. (laughs) TikTok, TikTok. All right, next game, fellas. Vince Gorgonzola's Grandpa's Cheese Barn versus Dave Pestian's Super Sack. Dave, no longer a winless team, but projected to lose in this one, 131 to 117.2. Kalen, can Dave make it two in a row? Now, this was my second debate of the week. Um, I see Zeke having a tough time against that New Orleans defense, but I see Christian McCaffrey going hog wild against Houston. 
but you can't you can't go against Pat Mahomes. Um, the guy just flings it, and he doesn't even think twice. And like half his passes are just touchdowns, perfectly just blessed from Jesus himself. Uh, I'm going with Grandpa's Cheese Barn, and I think it'll be a close battle. Um, I think Dave will put up a solid fight, but I see this being a little closer of a game than we would like. I'm going to go opposite of you here, Kalen. I think this may be the week. So I think Pat Mahomes is going to be big. Uh, you know, assuming this this trade goes through, I think Connor's going to have a disappointment game. I think Kenny Galladay is going to go off, but no longer for Vince. So I, I think... Tom Brady going up against Buffalo in division. He's going to have a good one. Christian McCaffrey's been kind of, he, he's been up and down. I think this is going to be an up. And Ezekiel Elliott finds his legs and goes off this week. I'm going to pick Dave. I think, I believe in you, Dave. I think you can take it two in a row. Tony, what do you think? I just want to call attention uh, to right now in this Thursday night game, the the grossest of fantasy matchups are happening right now in this game. Uh, we have a kicker battle going on Thursday night. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will tell you, Vince is currently winning, and I don't really care to follow it for the rest of the night. <laughs> Leading hey, into now. that. <laughs> Kickers' lives matter, too. <laughs> Pat McAfee will tell you that. Ty will yes, tell you will. that. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if Pat McAfee will come on the podcast sometime. I think he'll be a celebrity guest picker for us. <laughs> I can't imagine, but maybe. I, I think we have to rail on kickers a little bit more. I think we could probably get him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to the pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Vince on this one. Um, I think the benefit of this trade, uh, he'll see the rewards pretty quickly here. You have James Conner going up against the Bengals defense. Uh, that really struggles to stop the run. I think it could be a big game for him. Mahomes should have another big, uh, you know, typical Patrick Mahomes game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, and then you have Austin Eckler with uh, really his swan song as the starting running back uh, in L.A. going up against the Miami Dolphins, who, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're, they're just giving away points at this stage. Uh, I think Vince gets back in the win column here. When I look across the score sheet at Dave's team, uh, you know, Zeke has a tough matchup with that Saints defense. Uh, McCaffrey should be able to put a lot of yards up with Houston, but Brady's got a tough matchup with that Buffalo secondary. Probably going to be a little more of a running game from them. And then just looking through the rest of his lineup, it's kind of hit or miss as to who you can really expect to put up points. I'm going to go with Grandpa's Cheese Barn to get back in the win column. I mean, can we just uh, take a moment here to really just assess what's happening and take a moment for the last week of relevance for Austin Eckler and Grandpa's <laughs> Cheese Barn? I feel like after this game, there's going to be champagne. There's going to be some tears. Uh, it's it's going to be a big emotional thing for uh, Vince's squad for for Austin's going away celebration because uh, after this week, uh, not going to be able to rely on him for twenty points a week anymore. But I'll tell you this: I, I think there's some keeper value there because Austin Eckler has shown up this in in Melvin Gordon's absence. So if if you're if you're Vince, 
you know, Tony, you drafted him for $6. He's only going to cost you 12 If we find that Melvin Gordon's no longer a Charger, and I think we're all expecting that, and, and Eckler's the guy, I feel pretty good with that. Yeah, the volume's going to be there for him for sure. Uh, anybody who's the starting running back for this offense uh, is going to get a lot of touches and is going to get a lot of passes because uh, they throw the ball quite a bit with Philip Rivers there, who, uh, I mean, he doesn't really seem to be losing a step. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm with you there. I think he has a lot of keeper value. Uh, if, as expected, Melvin Gard- Gordon ends up moving on. But if he doesn't, Woo-wee! our last game is really a frosty podcast special between our co-host Tony Perenni and our guest host Kalen King. Both teams coming in here at two and one, both out of the warehouse division. So Tony's in first place, Kalen's in second place. So winner of this game goes on to first place in the warehouse division. Tony is projected to win this one by kind of a landslide. The biggest spread we've seen so far, 141.3 to Kalen's 123.9. I'll give my pick first since I'm the only pick that really uh, gets the count. But I'll ask both of you your thoughts on the game. Uh, you know, as we're going here, Tony's got three guys playing Carson Wentz, Aaron Jones and Zach Ertz, uh, and nobody really lighting it up. Uh, Carson has 12, Aaron Jones, 7.6, Zach Ertz, 8.1. Um, so really, I think the majority of Tony's points coming from Alvin Kamara and Cooper Cup, like we saw last week. Oh, Sammy Watkins as well. Uh, at the end of the day. Dallas is a good team that Alvin Kamara is going up against. Sammy Watkins going up against Detroit. That's going to be a shootout. So I'm going to see a lot of points for for Watkins there. Uh, and on Kalen's side, Marlon Mack going up against that Oakland defense. LaShawn McCoy is going to get the benefit of being on the Kansas City offense as well as Travis Kelsey. This is a tight one here, but I'm going against Kalen, who I've Picked two out of the last three weeks, and I'm going to go with Tony on this one to win it. The projections are just too wow. too drastic for me. Uh, Kalen, wow. I'll start with you. Don't start with me. <laughs> what, what are you looking was, at going into this week? I'm, I'm looking at these projections, and I need you to go to Tony first. <laughs> The, Fair as, as, the, as the projected winner, I will gladly go first here. Um, just sitting back watching this Thursday night game right now. Um, there are, there's already there's already 34 points in this game going into halftime. Uh, we finally have our first Thursday night game that's producing points, and I have three guys in it right now. Aaron Jones already has a touchdown. Uh, Carson Wentz has a touchdown pass. Ertz is close to 10 points already. I really like where they're at so far. I like some of the matchups I have. Kalen is due for some heavy regression after that big week uh, last week. Um, Watch him out. I feel good about where my team is uh, going into this game. I think I'm going to be right atop the division standings after this week by myself. Kalen, what do you have to say about it? 
I have to start by saying, can we cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you're good. Tony, you're a goddamn fool. <laughs> I'm going prestige worldwide with the close upset bid because you know what? You've got some studs. I will give you that. You've got Carson once somewhat balling. Aaron Jones, he's got a touchdown, but he hasn't really been that effective tonight. Uh, Zach Ertz, he's going to do what he does, but he's not the same Zach Ertz that he was last year. And I don't mean that to say he's worse. I'm saying that to say there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Philly offense. But with my lineup, you don't know what's going to come on Sunday. We've got Sean McCoy is in the starting lineup, but there's a chance Damian Williams plays. And we all know Damian Williams is the preferred back in that system as of right now. Uh, at least that's what they were talking about during the offseason. I still think that's the case. Uh, he's younger. He seems to have been a more effective back than LaShawn. And if he's healthy and ready to go, I see him having another big day with Pat Mahomes. With that, Travis Kelsey, great uh, great tight end. He's always Mr. Reliable, best tight end in the league. And I see him going off. Julian Edelman, we... We don't know. He had that chest injury last week. He's still expected to play. Uh, if there's any reason that he can't, I could see Tom Brady trying to air it out when he's not handing it off to Sony Michelle. And those passes are going straight to Josh Gordon. And fresh off of passing to Antonio Brown for a week and talking about that, what better story than to have a typical 12-catch, 200-yard, two-touchdown game from Josh Gordon. Tony, like, you can call it how you want, but I've got potential here. I'm not, I'm not projected to beat you, but you better watch yourself. Well, I guess that brings up a point here, Kalen. Right now, you got Josh Gordon on the bench. Are you planning on playing him this week? It's a possibility. Um, basically, I'm taking tomorrow and Saturday to feel out the Edelman situation. Um, I, I just don't know. I. If he's not able to go, then I'll plug Josh Gordon in, and we'll be keep on we'll keep on ticking. Uh, even still, I think Josh is a home run threat, and you don't know what's happening in New England with Belichick. Um, I could totally see them keeping Josh under wraps until they think he's comfortable with the playbook, and then all of a sudden he becomes the featured receiver in a Tom Brady offense. Uh, I think it says something that given his suspension from last season, they kept Josh Gordon yet with the Antonio Brown situation, they only kept him around for 11 days. Uh, I think they believe in this guy. I think they still want to get a lot of that juice that's left in the tank. And I think it's there. And I think they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. And it happens this week against the nooks and fannies. And with that, Kalen, thanks for joining us on The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. I uh, wish both you guys good luck this week. It, uh, I mean, this, this is our game of the week. It's going to be good. Just wish me more luck than Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy rooting against Tony. So for me to pick him, uh, it did hurt a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, as my vanilla bear, I, Jesus. I, 
I have been devastated since you made this that. This is pick. getting weird, guys. No, well, you know, Tony, I want to explain something here. Hold on, hold on, hold on now. <laughs> so Don't get judgmental. Caitlin, it's 2019. Caitlin and I are big fans of the show Scrubs, as you catch the reference of Sacred Heart Hospital, Wellness Through Diversity, uh, who, who sponsors our Medical Minute. And in there, of course, we have Turk and JD, who are the main two characters. And uh, Turk's nickname for JD is Vanilla Bear. And JD's nickname for Turk is Chocolate Bear, later Super Chocolate Bear. Uh, so, you know, Kaylin and I have found ourselves in a similar friendship over the years. And uh, the parallels just cannot be ignored. Um, so it's guy love between two guys. That's what it is. Uh, always a good time talking to you, Kalen. Good luck this week. Hopefully you can take on Tony, beat him, and prove me wrong. I look forward to being back on the pod next week after I beat Tony. Because I will definitely be on here talking my shit again. Always <laughs> look well. forward to it. Always well. And that'll do it for another episode of the Frosty Podcast. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to try to get back earlier in the week. Uh, I know this one's coming out late, but we're going to review week four. Look forward to week five. We got some, some rivalry games in week five with the Rocky Top Rumble and the Power Round Rivalry. So we're going to be breaking down all those games from week four and looking forward to week five. Thanks for listening. As always, we really appreciate your support, and we'll catch you next time. That's right. You know, you talk about this whole disrespect thing, but you're going to be the first coach that picks games. Well, I need to ask first, did you try to find a celebrity picker to begin with, or did you think, you know what? This guy has been proving us wrong all season. He's making a name for himself. Book him. Well, you know, Kalen, well, it doesn't really matter how see, you that's get what, there. Hold on now. I it don't like the way that you, you got started there. that out. Nope. <laughs> see, the fact that you just started out saying, well, that says I am celebrity picker by default. And you know what? Like, let the, let the disrespect continue. You know who else is a celebrity by default? Tom Brady. Drew uh, Bledsoe goes down. Tom Brady gets to shine. So Tom Brady, Kaylin, you Tom, Brady the Tom Brady Giselle. of our league. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm not Tom Brady, but <laughs> all right, you well, said it, not me. <laughs>